Hello, everyone, and welcome to our conversation on Natural Pod Live. This is a conversation platform for education leaders to share experiences and ideas that inspire each of us to envision what's possible, and most importantly, to put action into that vision. I'm Michelle Carpenter, Chief Strategy Officer with Natural Pod. I'm a home renovation enthusiast, lover of the outdoors, and a firm believer that learning environments can be better than when I was a student and that students today should be active participants in creating the learning environments of tomorrow. This conversation today is oriented around just that, creating a learning opportunity for second, third, and fourth grade students at Garden City Elementary in Cranston, Rhode Island. The learning opportunity challenged students to think critically about the space around them, what their intent is for crafting their school of the future that will actually become a reality, and truly helping the design team see the vision of what's possible and what will help the students in this future. I'm delighted to be joined by three very special guests today to have this conversation around how the student project and the learning experience at Cranston Public School District created cultural change through student co-authorship of their learning environments. Heather Brenton is a second grade educator and district instructional coach for Cranston Public Schools. Megan Brenton is a fifth grade student at Garden City Elementary School. And Enrico Giorgia is associate designer at Fielding International, an international education design firm. Welcome to the three of you. Thank you. So there's, there's so much to cover in this conversation and I'm so excited to dive into all of the details. But I really wanna start with the three of you and really get into your whys. Um, so Enrico, I wanna start with you. And you mentioned um, when we were actually together working on this Garden City project in Rhode Island, that while you were in school at RISD, that you knew that you wanted to go into education. So I'm really curious to hear a little bit more about that and like, tell me your why, why education and this work that you're doing? Well, I think it's it's kind of a question that a lot of people ask me is why? Why school K through 12? I think the moment where I had a realization that education was what I was most interested in in architecture was when during a studio at RISD that looked at rethinking public education, I noticed that children didn't really have a place in architecture. There was really nothing that was designed for them. I was on AutoCAD and I looked for children cab blocks and my two options were girl in dress flying kite or boy throwing ball at wall. Wow. And I, you know, there has to be something more that we can do and there has to be a better way to involve children in designing spaces for them. And so what I did is I decided to do that for my thesis. I kind of tested the idea of what if I had children design a school on their own and I just facilitated their design process by using my skill set. And you know, the big why moment that changed the way that I work professionally is when I found out that there are people who do this for a living and that's why I decided to to pursue this as a professional career now. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Um, I think it's interesting thinking about, you know, how do you get more students even involved in architecture? I'm curious, when did you learn that architecture design profession was actually an option for you? Do you remember? Good question. I, I think, you know, when I was looking at career options and especially higher education options, the, the world of, of the arts and the fine arts was always painted as 
difficult or challenging to approach and architecture was the safer option or the option that would guarantee you a spot in the workforce once you left design school. But I think I started really realizing how impactful it was when I declared my major and I kind of realized what I was getting myself into. Um, and, you know, I think having the ability to design spaces for adults only through school made me realize why the, the K through 12 portion of, of this field needed, needed this attention. Wonderful. Um, and that's a beautiful segue into um, Heather. Um, so you've been a second grade educator for a number of years. You're working on moving in to be a district instructional coach. So I'm really curious to hear more about your why. Um, I think if if anything, over the last couple of years, we're all walking into um, schools and the world really appreciating educators in a whole new way. So first and foremost, thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, but tell us more about your your why in going to school and impacting young people. So I just, education is something I've always loved. I've always known from a very early age that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I've, it's just something that's always been a goal of mine. I've always loved working with children and I love seeing them as they grow and develop over the course of a year. And when they get those light bulb moments and you see their aha and they're so proud of, of themselves when they're working. And I'm just so excited to be part of this whole process with the new design for Garden City School because it's just over the years um, of just changing everything with, with how education is, we've been so limited by our spaces. Yeah. You know, like we're confined like just to our, to our one single classrooms and trying to do any, you know, like really fun, engaging things. You know, there's lots of times I love doing, you know, like green screen videos with mm -hmm. students and I'm, I'm confined to having to go, you know, in our old building, going like out into a different location with a small group of students to do that recording and you know trying to make it work in the best possible way but being able to have this new redesign is just something so important that i'm really looking forward to being able to have the students uh collaborate you know in in these spaces and have all the new types of furniture and flexible seating like they just love it and i'm just some something i'm really looking forward to and i'm very excited about Yes. So tell us a little bit more about um, the new school. So mm -hmm. and we'll dig into the details as we move through the conversation, but if you could set it up of like the building that you've been in, you just started touching on it and what mm -hmm. is coming in the future. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. So Garden City Elementary School is just a traditional, you know, pre-K through five elementary school, every classroom, you know, just your traditional classroom. When you think of school, you know, there's, you know, each Mm -hmm. teacher has their own classroom and in this new new garden city school as we keep calling it the new school yes. it's going to be more learning communities where okay. it's going to be separated into to three um learning communities by so it's going to be pre-k and k in learning communities first and second in learning communities and three four and five in learning communities and it's just going to really allow a lot more collaboration a lot of uh you know cross grade level collaboration to being able to work with students you know like at their true individual needs instead of just everybody you know like okay here's our second grade curriculum this is what we're going to be doing really working with those students you know that need that extra support or being able to really truly like challenge those students that are, are ready to move beyond that so it's just really exciting it's going to be a lot of you know like open spaces 
you know, have our big like learning commons area, having like special like learning community spaces too, little smaller breakout rooms available also for the students to be able to work in. Lots of glass so we'll be able to see and constantly monitor them as they're going around and working on things. And, you know, lots of like different options in terms of flexible seating for them, because that's something that they really truly like. They like being comfortable. Yes. They really do. You know, moving away from your traditional desk and, you know, sitting in a chair and being at a desk all day. Yes. If there's one thing I learned from this project, it's that beanbags are welcome and appreciated from a student's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so on that, Megan, I am curious to hear a little bit more about your why in life right now. And I know from chatting with um, you and your mom before this conversation that you are an avid dancer and it sounds like you're a really good student. Um, you go on fun vacations, but I'm really curious, like, what are your passions right now? What things do you love doing and what problems might you solve in the world? I really love just doing school in general. Like I love doing the activities that we do in class. And I also really, like you said, I like to dance a lot. And we do many fun like activities in my classroom, like we're, use, we're doing geometry and we're using all these cubes to create shapes. Awesome. And what's your favorite part of your school day today that you did? Um, probably we're starting a student council and I got to make posters for it. So that was probably one of my favorite things I did. Are you running for student council? Or are you supporting someone? You are. Oh my I'm goodness. Running. Can any of us vote? <laughs> okay, maybe not, but we would. All right. Um, thank you all for that intro. Um, I want to come back to really where this project started. And I, I don't believe that there was like a day particularly that it started. I believe it was an evolution of an idea. Um, but Heather, coming from the district side of things, I'm really curious, like, what was it like for you as an educator and some of your peers and what you understand from um, the other school leaders, how this process started of actually getting the students involved in the conversation, yourself involved in the conversation, and really getting the ball rolling um, for this project overall? So it, it really started um, kind of organically a lot last year where we were in the midst of all of the staff has been trained on how to implement more authentic learning challenges. And we were trying to do like a natural progression towards that. And we just really kind of were, were talking with, with Jill Akers, who's been working, you know, consulting with us. And we kind of came up with this idea that it would be great for our first go, you know, into trying these authentic learning challenges, focusing on the new school. And what can we, what can the students create and select an area in their learning community and design something that has a space for them to be successful in their learning? Whether that was a piece of furniture, whether that was an entire area that they wanted to do, what really like worked with them? So we kind of had, we had like an initial kickoff video talking about the school and then every class just kind of worked at it at their own pace, whether they worked in, in groups, whether they were in class, or we did have at that time, because we were we still had some students that were distance learning last year. Mm -hmm. So those students were still able to participate, which I thought was really nice that we still allowed them that opportunity. I know last year myself, I had six students that were still at home for the entire year. And two of them were actually brand new and had never stepped foot in Garden City School. So they didn't really have any kind of experience, you know, knowing what the school was. So I remember, you know, initially 
literally on a Google Meet, taking my laptop around with them and showing them the school, you know, other than just the classroom that they had been used to seeing, but actually showing them, this is our school. <laughs> and then having the, we had the blueprints of what the, the new Garden City School was going to be and different sample photographs to, to show them and kind of give them some. And it just kind of went organically from there. And I know that all of the, the teachers were just blown away and so impressed with the ideas that the students came up with. It was, it was just amazing, all the different ideas. And a lot of them were kind of very similar. They wanted a lot of like, mm -hmm. they wanted things with comfort and they wanted bright things. They wanted like things that were like colorful too. You know, and they wanted like their own like little spaces. You know, I remember one of my students last year kind of wanted his own little private area because he was like, I work best working by myself and I like having a quiet space. So I want to design a quiet space where I can go and work and not be distracted by other students. And I thought it was just so great that in second grade, being able to know their learning styles and being able to figure out like at that age already, that, well, this is how I learn best. And this, this I want to have like an area in the school for that to help me with how I learn best. Yes, um, I was blown away by the student responses and ideas as well. Um, you know, as, as our natural pod team participated in a lot of those conversations with moving through the second, third and fourth grade presentations, it was the highlight of all of our days mm -hmm. in really listening to um, the end users, if you will, AKA the students who are actually in these spaces that we're building. Mm -hmm. And to hear the things that we, we kind of know as adults of like, you know, choice, flexibility is good, but to really see the possibilities that the kids were coming up with was fascinating. So Megan, I'm actually really curious to hear from you. Um, what was your ideal learning space design? So me and my friends came up with this idea called the learning cave. And it was like this little cave slash hut thing. And on the inside, we had like this desk and, and this like mini couch and bean bag where you could all do your work or like spend your indoor recess in there. And it would be a nice quiet spot for kids to learn. And we had like shelves, we had, you could play like calming music and you could do any style in there, like any learning science, math, reading. Awesome. What do you think you would go and do in that space if it existed right now? I would probably go and read um, any of my books because I really love to read. I love it. Um, the Learning Cave sounds like a fantastic place and many of your, um, your peers had ideas around a log cabin and a, a cupcake space and a flower den and they were inside and they were outside um, and they had lights and flower rugs. Can you tell me about some of the little details that were in your space? We added little fairy lights and then we added like these color changing rugs. Like when you would step on it, it would turn a bright color. And we had, since it was like the inside of a cave, we had a bookshelf and it would look like it was made out of like rocks you would find in caves. And we would have like little crystals hanging from the ceiling. This sounds like a place I think we all want to be. Awesome. Um, Enrico, I'm curious to hear from your perspective as, you know, Heather outlined how this, um, the PBL and the call to action really came to life within the school district. Megan just articulated what the project was for her. Mm -hmm. From your perspective on the design side, 
how did this project and your involvement evolve, start and evolve over time? So, I mean, as Heather mentioned, Bill Akers was our principal of education, one of our two principals of education, Bill International started this this project and I I love Jill. I look up to her. She's one of the people that to me is like a guru in, in this in this field. And I think this project started the way most projects start for us designers at FI, which is Jill Akers just pushes you in it. And she's like, have fun. It's all yours. And it's great because I think it really forced us to to understand who we're designing for. And you know, I think it really allowed us to understand that the biggest architectural mark we can make as designers is actually involving students in the design. And that's how we that's how we design our, our buildings. And I think the big realization that we had when we started this project with the design team was sometimes we think or we have preconceived notions that feedback we get from students is quote unquote not helpful or cannot be implemented. And I think what we realized was maybe we're asking the wrong question. Maybe instead of asking, what do you want? Let's ask, what do you need? And that's when we had these moments where we realized that students, you know, grades one through five are incredibly self-aware. They know what they need to be successful and they are very articulate. They can tell us what they need. And um, I think it was very important for us because a lot of the lessons learned by working with students translated in how we, we also then addressed other design elements of the building that range from how students would move across the building or what the building would look like in the neighborhood or outdoor spaces would do um, for students. So I think we definitely learned a lot from, from seeing them in Yes. Um, I feel like everyone learned a tremendous amount in moving through this process. Um, and I had the honor of actually being at the temporary Garden City um, where Heather and Megan are right now um, to spend some time with the classes from last year. They're now in the next grade where we actually brought some of their ideas to life and actually built them with the students. Um, to make sure that they could have that continuity from the ideation stage and move into the prototype stage. Um, so I know, Heather, you have some of those pieces there with you right now. Um, I'm really curious to, one, if we could show that to the audience yep. to see how the students mm -hmm. actually put their prototype together. So we had yep. a furniture piece that they built from scratch. And then there were also all these materials that we brought with us um, so we could manipulate it and actually have something um, that was really customized by the students. Mm -hmm. So Megan, I'm curious to hear from you. Um, obviously these, these furniture pieces are in your space and you've been using them. Can you tell us how you've been using um, that loft space? Yeah, so normally it's like pushed up against the wall in the hallway. So we'll sometimes take like our computers or our social studies books out there and we'll use like the stool and the cushion and we'll, um, sit there and we'll like do our papers and if we're doing online like we'll complete assignments on the different websites that we have. Awesome. And I saw that you added some ivy and some fabric <laughs> there. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so our class we added like these fabrics to it because we wanted it to look kind of more like private and covered. So we decided to make it kind of look like a forest like little hut thing. Awesome. I love it. Um, um, 
Heather, I'm curious to hear from you, thinking about mm -hmm. you know, some of these furniture pieces are you know scattered throughout the Garden City School right now. How mm -hmm. has how has that um, experience, the prototyping process, influenced the learning experience for the students as well as yourself on the education side? It's definitely helped. The kids have just they've really enjoyed it. We've kind of kept it you know like out in the hallway um, upstairs here. So this way here, all of the different classes can kind of have, you know, like some time. We've kind of been like, you know, splitting it around and sharing some time with it. So everyone gets experience with it. And it's just been really great to kind of see like, okay, this is something, you know, the kids have really enjoyed like, oh wait, I had a say in how this looked. Mm -hmm. And being able to like have that time to like, oh, so this was something that I kind of helped create. And now it's actually here. And somebody actually did listen to what I thought. And I know that all of the teachers kind of feel that same way too, that, you know, it's really helped with that student voice. And also just for us too, as teachers that, you know, they've really been, have been listening to our voices and our opinions. It's not going into, okay, here's a building that's already been created for you and figure out how to deal with it and how to work around it. It's, we've really been having a lot of like input on even, you know, in our own, like what we're gonna have, like our teacher workstations on the types of furniture different types of storage materials that we're looking to have in each of these like learning spaces. You know, like with everyone, it's been really, really a pleasant surprise how much input we've had in the construction and the design of the new Garden City Elementary School. It's something that we've really, all of us as a staff been like, oh, wow, we were given choice and we're, we're allowed to, you know, to speak up and say for like little things that we want. And there are things that we really, talked about as a staff that we felt were very important to us as a staff um, within our building that we've really like pushed hard for and they took that mm -hmm. and they've really they were like yeah no we can make that work and it's been like wow okay <laughs> that's fantastic thank you and how do you feel that that's changed kind of the the culture if you will for yourself and your peers of of having the voices represented and and having that change be like actually visible yeah, it's it's been really great. I mean, I have to say, we've always had a really great school culture at Garden City School. Um, we've always, you know, like, we're a big family. We always get along really well. And I think it's just really kind of helped unite us. Like, you know, we were nervous when we heard, okay, you know, it's going to be completely knocked down and rebuilt. And, you know, it's definitely a change in how, you know, like our teaching styles and how it's going to be. But knowing that we're working together and we're talking and we're doing so much planning ahead of time and trying to really look at it and figure it out. And even right now, trying it out here in our temporary location, how do we start making it work? I think it's kind of really going to help us as we move forward into the new building in the next year. Yeah. So what are some of those changes that you've been able to implement right now in the temporary space based on your lines? So we've been trying to, you know, like we've been continuing working and doing some authentic learning challenges. And we've also started talking more about what our schedule is going to be looking like for next year and trying to see if maybe there are ways that we can incorporate some more um, either grade level collaboration, you know, getting us out of just our traditional, you know, four walls. Mm -hmm. Or even if we can start implementing more cross-grade level collaboration and even collaboration amongst other teachers, you know, like our with our art teacher, our music teacher, you know, our librarian, how they can start, you know, working together with us as we work on these authentic learning challenges. I know they have time in their schedules this year to come into the classrooms and work with the teachers and plan and help plan with us so that they know 
they're a part of it too. It's not that they're just an extra pair of hands. They're actually a part in helping us create some of the tasks that the students complete in their authentic learning challenges. Yes, awesome. Enrico, I'm really curious to hear about how your involvement throughout this process has also shifted the culture within your firm and also um, thinking about the, the project team for this is fairly large. Like there's obviously folks from Fielding International, you mentioned Jill, and I know there's a handful of other individuals and you work so closely with um, the team at Garden City in the district. Um, tell us about how, how this project has shifted those cultural dynamics. I think the, the interesting thing was that at the district level in particular, we had to very much critically involve the district in outlining the pedagogical and the instructional vision for the school and allow them to understand that there is an architectural implication to every educational move that's made. Um, and so I think, you know, we've definitely had conversations that led to developing, for example, new educational specifications for this building that didn't exist before. Um, I think the biggest conversation was always trying to rethink what the school could do that previous um, project that we'd worked on within the district maybe hadn't addressed just yet. Um, we developed uh, Eden Park as a pathfinder model for, for parents in public schools, and that school was kind of the first 21st century learning environment that was introduced in the district. And by the time we got to Garden City, we already started rethinking what we were doing at the time. We really started um, a new conversation with the district on how to uh, kind of move this even further, and we did so by involving uh, community members at, at all times. But I think, as always, you know, within our firm, we also had a lot of lessons learned from, from this process. Uh, you know, Heather mentioned that there was a lot of teacher input that was given, and I think on the design side, it translated to meetings that to us initially felt I don't want to use the word boring, but I'll use the word boring. For example, my favorite was a two-hour outlets in classroom placement. Zoom. Oh, we looked at the floor plan and we placed electrical outlets in specific places in every classroom. But that really made me realize there's a very mm -hmm. different approach in just mm -hmm. doing it the way you think is right and handing the building off to someone saying, figure it out and figuring it out with someone and saying, I'm going to give you a building that is responsive to your needs and what enables you to be successful. And I think the big conversation we had was that student success and educator success go hand in hand. I think this was the big aha moment for a lot of people, realizing that it's not either students or teachers, it's both at the same time. Yeah, that does sound like a boring meeting in the grand scheme of things, but <laughs> wow, does it sound important? You can never have enough outlets. <laughs> Am I right? It is true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Enrico, I know that you've mentioned a handful of schools as we've, as we've moved through this conversation and capturing student voice is not something that's foreign to you. So I'm curious if you can share a couple of other examples of how um, maybe on a smaller scale you capture student voice to really make sure that they're all active participants in this experience. Well, I think a good example is right now I'm actually working on our second phase for our Pathfinder project in Park Elementary in France. And actually very handy that they're back here. Um, we are working with the students to essentially develop color patterns and textures for the elevation of the new gymnasium that's going to face one of the main streets that the school is on. So 
instead of you know deciding what I like and what I as the architect or architectural designer think would look good um, for this school, we actually decided to go to the students and say, you know, we have these colors, we have this many panels that we can use. What do you think would work best? And so actually some of the drawings behind me we are reviewing right now when we're and looking at both for color inspiration, but also pattern arrangements. Um, and so I think this was a, a one of the most recent examples. But um, we also did an authentic learning challenge with our Eden Park students that looked at outdoor learning spaces, mm -hmm. rethinking what outdoor learning spaces for, for the school. Um, and it was actually interesting because this actually led us to thinking about applying for grants or using student voice to actually involve more people in the development of this vision that the students have for, for their schools. Nice. And do you feel like the other um, folks that you've been engaging with throughout these processes have been open to having those conversations with students or is there any resistance? I think there's something very magical, which is I could tell someone 20 times, we'll build a tree house and they will say no. As soon as a student says, we'll build a tree house, we're building that treehouse. I think it's been a very interesting experience because student voice has just become more and more powerful. Um, and it's become powerful through this adult awareness of student awareness, if, if that makes sense. The projects that we've been working on have really put student awareness and student agency on the table uh, in Cranston as a district. Uh, and so I think student input has almost become the driver for most of our for most of our design decision. Even just down to what do you want for your cafeteria? The the biggest reason for which the gymnasium cafeteria combo is being split at Eden Park is students telling us, I don't want to go to gym where I have lunch 20 minutes before. And you know, the solution came from drawings and interviews and conversations we had with students. Um, and you know, the the interesting thing is even when uh, Megan was speaking earlier about um, her ideas for for her learning spaces at school. I was wanting to grab a notepad to write them down. So I was like, that sounds really great. And I could really implement that pretty soon. I'm going to ask her another question. So get your notepad out. Um, Megan, I am curious to hear from you again. Um, so we, we've talked through a couple of different stages of this project where you originally got the um, the assignment, if you will, of designing your ideal learning space. You did some prototyping and really learned about how your voice is represented in this design. And I know that you personally won't be in the new school because you'll be in sixth grade by the time. But I'm really curious, when you picture the next Garden City Elementary, what do you think it's going to look like? I feel like it's going to be a lot brighter and not as like dark colors before there was a lot of brown i picture more white and glass and a lot of colors like oranges greens like our school colors like the tealish blue and i picture that there will be a lot more space in each classroom and there will be a lot of different things that we haven't seen before at our school Ooh, well tell me more about those different things like what do you think you're going to be able to do in this school that you wouldn't have been able to do in your old school 
like we could have room for more different types of seating, like bean bags, um, more of like those yoga ball chairs, um, and like wobble stools. So just a lot of different options instead of sitting in those blue chairs that we normally sit in, and like maybe some of those like standing desks, because not everyone likes to sit down all day. Where's your favorite place to learn in school? Do you sit on the floor at a table? Do you stand? Tell me about that. Um, normally, I'll just stand at like the counter that's behind me when I'm doing partner work. Awesome. And what is your favorite part about the classroom you're in right now? Probably how um, the like arrangement of the seating because we're tech some of us are in rows, but like we're all near each other that we can still like talk with each other and we're like near our friends. Awesome, yes, being with our friends is very important. Um, so in my last question for each of you, and it's gonna be the same question, but I'm really curious about the learnings. Um, any of the aha moments that you have kind of reflecting on the, the pieces of this process that have already been completed, recognizing there's still a long ways to go, right? All of these ideas are influencing a whole new building. Um, but up until this point in time, what have been some of those key learnings and aha moments for each of you? Um, Enrico, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I think, you know, the biggest aha moment is you know, not to rip off the, the title of, of this uh, live stream, but, you know, co-authoring spaces with students matters. And I think the best way to prove that it matters is, you know, develop a process in which continuity of student voice can be found. I think very often when participatory design is envisioned, it's kind of like a cool thing where you collect a lot of student drawings, you show people that you've collected the drawings, but then you go off and just do whatever you think is best architecturally. Um, and I think, you know, the the architectural aha, if you will, is that it's what I said earlier, the biggest mark you can make isn't necessarily a physical architectural mega move. It's rather ensuring that the way the building is configured is responsive to who is actually occupying the building every day. Um, and I think that's why we tend to practice the way we do. I think that's why we tend to look at things in a very, let's say, human-centered way first and in an architectural way in parallel to that. Um, and I think my personal aha, so not the firm-wide aha, is just that, you know, students have a lot to say and there is a way to essentially transform the stock photo of school that you see now into what Garden City will be as the new stock photo of school you'll see when you when you look at um, Google, uh, and this is this is kind of why we do what we do. Uh, and you know, there's about a hundred thousand schools in the U.S. that all need this work done, and it kind of feels great to know that students are kind of taking the lead on setting the tone for what will happen across these buildings over the next you know, 10, 15 years to come. Yes, well said. I cannot wait to see Garden City as the next stock photo. Um, Heather, I'm curious, what are your learnings and aha moments? So my aha moments are actually really similar to Enrico's because I was just 
blown away by all of the students' ideas last year when they were working on this and what they were able to come up with and be able to like articulate like this is why I want this. Mm-hmm. You know, like not only like what they wanted, but to be able to say like this is why. You know, like I want to have like I know the biggest thing too is a lot of them loved having like all different types of like, you know, like flexible seating, but they wanted it shaped like like fruits or or flowers. They wanted it in like certain shapes and they're like, cause it's just really comfortable. And you know, like they loved the colors and having the texture. And they're like, because it would be really cool. Like we could just, as we're working, be able to like touch and feel something, you know, as we were working on something. So just being able to have them voice their learning styles and what worked best for them as learners and why they wanted that in their new, in their new school was just something that was amazing and I loved like you were saying to Michelle before sitting in on those feedback meetings with natural part was was amazing because we didn't give them any you know any prompting we were like okay you're just going to share your ideas and you're going to just talk and just tell them what you came up with and then we took that feedback too and it was like here is the feedback that you got from your experts now what can we change like to our prototype and now let's talk with them again and and show them you know based on those you know those different questions to get them to think a little bit differently too like okay oh maybe i should have this what else could i do with this you know like there's multi-purpose for it these designs too so it was just it was that was my biggest our home aha moment was just how the students stepped up and exceeded all of our expectations for this project Yes, um, it, it exceeded my and my team's expectations as well. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things you were saying of, of seeing the space through the students' eyes mm-hmm. in this very um, thoughtful, intentional, honest way, we don't get that a lot. And if we, if we do want to get more of that experience, you know, internally, um, Jill Akers Clayton mentioned it once, that if you want to see the space from a student's perspective, you need to walk in on your on your knees or sit down on the floor in the space and really look around and then interpret the space. I've always thought that that was really impactful of, you're right, I always view it from, you know, five feet off the ground. It's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Megan, I'm curious, what are what are your learnings from this project that you did at school? Um, I really like seeing how like everyone created something different and how we all had different ideas yet they could all like fit together somehow like i remember one group they made like this tree house thing and it was kind of similar like to the learning cave mm-hmm. and it was cool how like you could interchange the furniture from each of them and it would still look like it was made for that specific thing and how everyone had come up with very very different things yeah we obviously like i said can all work together and fit in one space Awesome. I love that. Um, and I have one more question. I lied earlier. This is just too good. I'm curious, looking ahead for each of you. So we learned a lot through this process. What is one thing with this learning that you're going to do differently moving forward in your in your work, life, etc.? Um, Enrico? I will always start customizing the furniture from now on. I'm never going to take furniture out of the box, build it, and just put it somewhere in my house. I think I, I'm already thinking about some things that I want to change to some of my furniture pieces at home when I go home tonight. Nice. Yes, everything can be customized. Maybe you need some of that. <laughs> ID. 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> Perfect. Heather, what about you? I'm um, just always constantly getting the students' feedback. Like, okay, what did we like about this? What what worked for you? What didn't work for you? What would it? What would you change if we could do this again? What would what would we change? What would be different? Getting them a lot more involved in in the process of everything and and getting their feedback and their input on things and really t and being purposeful with it and taking it not just like getting it but actually taking it and and using it to apply them to apply to the next thing like okay this is what they want to do all right let's move towards that now yes awesome and Megan I'm curious to hear from you what's one thing that you might do differently at school or elsewhere in your life probably I would listen to like other people's ideas because i felt like i was taking the lead a lot when i was doing my thing but as we were building we were like oh i want to change this and i like their idea so i feel like i would it's like let other people take the lead more often that is a good learning very insightful well thank you very very much to all three of you megan enrico and heather um, this has been a fantastic conversation and an even more um, impactful experience from last year to this year. And you know, myself and the entire Natural Pod team, and hopefully the entire community um, that is listening to this story and paying attention to these amazing experiences, is looking forward to seeing that next stock photo that is Garden City Elementary mm -hmm. learning communities and all of the um, spaces to truly support the students that they help design. Awesome. So to our audience, um, we truly hope that you are moving forward with a new idea or two um, on how to meaningfully engage students and educators um, and let larger scale projects inform learning experiences. It doesn't have to be expensive or clunky. It can be very, very small scaled and it can, it can be implemented today. Um, so don't let any of that stop you. Um, thank you everyone for joining in in the conversation and we look forward to continuing the conversation um, outside of Natural Pod Live or in our next episode. Take care. <laughs>